Let's pray and we'll look into God's word today. So God, we do believe in the Holy Spirit. I say that often. I say that mainly for myself. I also say it for all of us. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe there's a world we don't see and we believe that you're incredibly active in that world we don't see. And your Holy Spirit inside of us is incredibly active uh, in encouraging us, probing around inside of us, but just giving us access directly to you, God. And so your voice we can hear, your things you do we can see. So as we look into the Bible today, um, we don't look as an academic exercise of just study. We look trying to understand what you're saying to us so we can be the kind of people that you designed us to be and that is fully alive, full of the life and power that come from you. And we ask this all in your name. Amen. So the topic today is lying, all right? So uh, start off with a little quiz. Go to the next slide here, all right? Uh, 1997 movie tells the story of a lawyer who built his entire career on lying but finds himself cursed to speak only the truth for a single day. Who starred in that movie? All right, Jim Carrey, very good. Go to the, I think has, yeah, undo this slide. He looks young there, all right? Fill in the blanks from this 1975 Eagles hit, You Can't Hide Your Lion Eyes. You can't hide your lion eyes and your smile is thin disguise. I thought by now you'd realize there ain't no way to hide your lion eyes. All right? We could sing that as a group, but we won't do that this morning. All right, next one. Studies show, this is true, studies show that most people lie to appear A, likable, B, competent, C, wealthy, D, sexy, E, C and D, F, A and B, G, C and A. A bit really complicated on this one. Anybody have any guess? The correct answers would be A and B, which would actually be F. Studies show that most people lie because they want to appear likable to other people or competent to other people. That's the most, most reasons we lie. Uh, next one. Studies show that children are exceptionally honest up to what age? And after that age, they learn to hone their new skills of deception. All right. A, up to age 2, up to age 3, 4, 8, or age 38. <laughs> All right. Studies show the answer is A, up to age two, children are incredibly honest. After that, they kind of figure out deception sometimes can benefit them. All right. Next one. Studies show that lying peaks during which stage of life? 20-somethings, 8 to 12, adolescence, midlife, or 65 plus? Uh, the answer on this one is C, adolescence. Lying peaks during adolescence, and somehow as we get older... Maybe we just realize it's not worth it anymore. We, stop lying. we don't lie as much. I don't know. Next one. Uh, research shows which groups would be more prolific liars. Average self-esteem or low self-esteem? Answer when that would be low self-esteem or more, you know, more prolific liars. Um, are more men or women prolific liars? Who said women? <laughs> Sorry, the answer on that one is men. Men are more prolific liars. <laughs> All right, uh, who are more prolific liars, middle-aged adults or young adults? All right, answer is young adults. And who are more prolific liars, business tech jobs or blue-collar workers? It's actually business. They're more, more prolific liars. All right, next one, which I think is the last one, yeah. In the New Testament, book of Acts, Ananias and his wife, and his wife Sapphira both fall suddenly, suddenly dead after giving a generous gift to help the poor. Why? A, they didn't give enough. B, they didn't give sooner. C, they didn't give more often. D, they didn't give cheerfully. Or E, none of the above. 
Well, kind of A. It's, I, I, I probably, this is a class, I'd probably give you partial credit for A. Uh, the answer is actually E, because the Bible tells us they lied. I mean, Paul, or, uh, Peter actually said, you lied to the Holy Spirit. All right? They lied to the apostles, but they lied to the Holy Spirit. So we've been doing a series on honoring the Holy Spirit. And we've looked at different uh, terms, words, phrases that, that the Bible uses when I'm about the Holy Spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit. You're filled by the Holy Spirit. Um, you don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. These are all just direct from either Jesus talking in John 14, 15, and 16, or in the book of Acts. And there's all kinds of, um, you know, we're led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks. Last week we talked about the Holy Spirit um, spoke to people in groups, and they said we, the Holy Spirit prohibited Paul from doing something. So we're looking at all the activities of the Holy Spirit, but one thing that caught my eye when I first was kind of studying through this, this was a couple months ago, was the passage uh, where Ananias and Cyrus lied to the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit can be lied to. And so what does that mean? What does that look like? I mean, we can do that, Right? It's, what does it mean to lie to the Holy Spirit? How do we make sure we're not those kind of people? And I'm not trying to be overly negative or heavy, but I just, it just struck me when I read this. They, that they didn't die, and we'll read the story in a second. They, they didn't die because of other details we would think. They died because Peter said, you lied to the Holy Spirit. So um, here's, here's the passage. So we're going to talk about two passages. This one's verses is Acts chapter 5. And let me just read, let me read kind of the the, the pre, pre part of the story and then we read the story about them we'll kind of highlight on some things they said there so you might know that you know Pentecost had just happened so there's incredible things happening 3,000 people come to know Jesus um, Peter and John heal people they're, they're brought before the council they're, they're in prison uh, the church prays for courage they have like boldness it's just like uh, things are happening in well, like ex- exciting ways because the Holy Spirit's doing incredible things. All right. Then in Acts chapter 4, it says, All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles te- testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land and houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give those, to those in need. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas. So Barnabas shows up again in the New Testament. Um, He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. So people were selling things they owned and uh, bringing excess money to the apostles to help people that were in need financially. Now, someone once told me once that they think this is Christian socialism. It doesn't say they sold everything they had and then shared it jointly. Mostly they're talking about things they sold that were like they had extra stuff. They sold this to give money. So people were very generous, but it wasn't like common pot, all right? But they still were incredibly generous, all right? So there's this wave of generosity happening. People, you know, Barnabas sold the field he owned and bought, brought the money to the apostles. Hey, give this to the people that need it, the poor people, all right? Poor people in the body of Christ. That was especially too. They're giving people in the body of Christ. Now, chapter 5. But there was a certain man named Ananias, who with his wife Sapphira sold some property. All right, so we just read about people selling stuff. Barnabas sold something, gave it 
So just, just think about the emotional buzz that was happening. People were excited to see that God was moving people to be incredibly generous and selling things and giving it to the leaders of the church so they could help the poor in the church, all right? Certain man named Ananias and Sapphira. He brought part of the money to the apostles, and they sold the property. He brought part of the money from the total amount to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, I think go to the next slide. I think I have it up here now. Yeah. So he gave them the money. They sold it for this much. He gave Peter this much, but said, that's what we got for the land. We got this much. All right. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell, as you wished. All right, so Peter's not saying you should have given it all, but he said you, you, could, have, you could have sold it or not sold it, as you wished. But don't sell it. And then say, this is what I got for it, and this is what I'm giving you, and this is what you got for it, but you're given this much. You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not to sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. So you see, Peter's not upset that Ananias was, uh, should have given more or whatever, but he lied. How could you do such a thing? You weren't lying to us, but to God. Well, when I read this, I thought, well, no, they, Peter, they were lying to you. But Peter saw it as a bigger issue. And even, and, and, and even on this one, uh, so let's go to the next slide. The story finishes. because So it says he died. It says right away, uh, the scripture says, as soon as uh, Peter said that, as soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. As soon as Peter said just what he said. You lied to the Holy Spirit, you lied to God. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. And some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. All right. You may think that's kind of heavy of God or harsh of God or whatever. That's a whole different sermon. But let's just talk about this is what happened. He lied to the Holy Spirit. About, about three hours later, his wife came in not knowing what had happened. So she didn't know, but she was in on the deception. Right? We know that already. Peter asked her, was this the price... You and your husband received for the land. You know, this, was this what you got? When they got this, this is what you got? Yes, he replied. That was the price. Next slide. This is what he says to Sapphira. And Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? So he tells Ananias, and of course, then Sapphira dies as well. So Peter, I mean, Ananias dies, Sapphira dies, not because they didn't give the full amount, but they lied about what they were giving. All right. So then he asked yourself the question. I asked myself the question, why'd they lie? Why not just say, I sold it for $10,000, I'm giving you three? Why, why, why lie about that? Why not just say, I sold it for this much, I'm giving you three, Peter? They, they might have been, they'd be alive, the rest of the story in the book of Acts. But they sold it for 10, gave three, and said, we sold all that for three. Or whatever, I don't know how much they sold it for. So why lie? So we've said the research shows that we lie to be 
We want to seem to be competent and likable. So I think that's probably, let's think about that. So there was this rush of people being generous, and they were probably having some degree of getting some degree of esteem for their generosity. You know, Ryan just sold a piece of property for $5,000, and he gave it all. Wow, Ryan, what's great generosity. But people were esteeming the Holy Spirit, but there was probably some degree of, I feel good, I'm being esteemed, all right? So they wanted in on that. They wanted in on people thinking they were spiritual and being really motivated by the Holy Spirit. They wanted in on that. They just didn't want it to cost them the same thing. So they, they wanted people to think, wow, look at this generosity when really they were only doing this. And so even though they lied to Peter and the apostles, it was more about, it was more about their image and think about times when you've lied, and please don't tell me you haven't. <laughs> I mean, I know we all have. I'm not saying that's good or funny, but we usually lie because we want our image to be what we hope we can come across as, even though it's not what we are. I mean, right? think, about, think about the Pharisees. What the Pharisees were great at was a sin that one of my favorite authors called, they were great at the sin of image management. They were... They were all about, I'm going to manage my image. I want people to perceive me as this deeply spiritual, generous, merciful person. Even though Jesus said, you're like whitewashed tombs. You're not that way. All right? So Ananias and Sapphira are doing the same thing. They want to be perceived as a certain level of spiritual depth that's not really what they're doing. They're just, who, who knows what Ananias, when they talked about selling the land, one of them probably said, we don't want to give them all the money. That's a lot of money. Yeah, but we still want them to think we're generous spiritual people like Barnabas, because Barnabas gave his, yeah, why don't we just give them some of it? And again, we don't know if it was the husband or the wife, and some, one of them might say, well, let's just give them some of it and tell them it was all of it. Again, why would you do that? Instead, of, I mean, Peter said, you could have just said, you, this is what we're, no, we, we sold it for this and we're giving you half of it. Well, you could, they could have said that, they didn't. Because they want to be perceived as more spiritual than they are. And they, wanted to, they were more concerned about their image than they were about telling the truth. And so Peter says, you're not lying to us. You're lying to God. You're, you, think you're, you think you're deceiving God on this one. And you're lying to the Holy Spirit. And Peter even says, you're conspiring to test the Spirit. So when I was doing, looking at all this this week, I thought, you know, the reality of of speaking dishonestly, lying, deception, whatever, it seems this in this passage that God sees, it, God sees it more as being dishonest with him than it does dishonest with the person you've talked to, in a sense. Or something else is going on there. All right. So I think I told you, I know I've told you of a time where I was, uh, and I'm just, I'm just framing this differently, a time when I was in the seminary and I cheated on a homework assignment. I think I've told this a number of times, but, and again, you might think it was how, how despicable to be Trained to be a pastor and cheating on a homework assignment. Yeah, it was. It was, it was. But I remember the morning when I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me, you have to tell the professor you cheated on this. And I was like, God, I can't because I know what would happen if I admitted that I'd lied on this. And God's like, I don't care. I mean, this was not all verbal. It's like impression. But now when I realize it, when I, think, when I think about that conversation I had that morning with God, when I was cheating, I wasn't lying to Dr. McGarry. 
because the Holy Spirit was the one that was telling me, you got to make this right. And I was like, I'm going to fight you on this one. So I was really, I was basically saying, I'm going to lie to you too, Holy Spirit. I'm going to lie to Dr. McGarry, but I'm lying to you too because I'm going to justify this in my mind as to why this was okay. And my justification was stress and money and all kinds of other things. But I realize now when I think about that, I, was, I wasn't lying to Dr. McGarry. I was. And I, just so you know, if you don't know the rest of it, I made it right with Dr. McGarry. I, I talked, talked to him. But I wasn't just lying to him. I was lying to the Holy Spirit inside of me that was telling me I needed to do otherwise. And I was basically telling the Holy Spirit either back off or no, I'm going, to, I'm going to still do it this way. I'm lying to the Holy Spirit. Again, we don't know what Ananias is. We don't know. We really don't know if they were, had the Spirit of God in them. They might have. They may have had the Spirit in them, and that's what made it even more atrocious. If they were lying, not only to the Peter and the other apostles, they were lying to the Holy Spirit. We're going to get, you know, get away with this one. And, uh, you know, we, just when you think about truthfulness and telling the full truth and how much that must offend the Holy Spirit. We tend to think it's, you know, we call them little white lies or things like that, but there's ways in which that offends the Holy Spirit inside of us, grieves the Holy Spirit inside of us. So that's the first story I want to tell was uh, they lied to the Holy Spirit, as Peter said they did. They conspired to test the Holy Spirit. The other story that came in my, came in my mind from Scripture was an Old Testament one, and we're going to listen to because it has some other lessons about being honest with God, all right? This is from King Saul in Old Testament, 1 Samuel. And maybe you remember this story. Uh, maybe you don't. If you don't, maybe you don't have a great handle of the Old Testament, and that's okay. So there, were, there was a group of people, um, I think they were the Amalekites, um, and they had... Been a, they had been abusive and hostile and murderous toward God's people before this time, all right? And so, um, again, this, how you think about God wanting to do this is for another sermon, but God basically told Samuel to tell Saul, I want you to go wipe out that, that town. They're wicked people. And the king was Agag, A-G-A-G, Agag. So Samuel said to Saul, who was the king then, God wants you to wipe out that whole town. They're wicked. Their wickedness has gone on long enough. And God said, wipe them all out. Every living being, man, woman, boy, girl, cow, sheep, everything. And again, why God does that is another sermon, and it's kind of one of the, but let's put that aside for now. But that's what God told Saul to do, wipe them out. All right? So Saul goes there, and they were successful in battle, but they didn't wipe them out. They saved a lot of the best sheep and goats and cattle. And they didn't king, kill King Agag, because Saul thought for some reason he was supposed to not kill him. All right? So Saul, God said, do this. Saul did this. Right? God said, do this. Saul did this. All right? So then Samuel comes to Saul after the battle, and this is what happens. We'll go to the next passage here, or the next slide here. So when Samuel finally found him, 
Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's command. All right. Lord's command was this. Saul did this. He saved some stuff. All right. But he said, I've carried out the Lord's command. That. All right. That's a lie, right? Somehow we always say, ah, well, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a lie. Because we think, well, he did, he did most of it. He did 90% of what God asked him to do. I've carried out the Lord's command. And then Samuel says, then what is all this bleeding of sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle I hear? In other words, Samuel's like, wait a minute. I hear animals. That means you didn't kill all the animals that God told you to do. Samuel demanded, then go to the next slide. I think I have one more slide, right? Kristen, is there one after this? Yeah. And this is, this is Saul's reply. And I'm, I'm saying this because we're not, I'm, I'm not knocking on Saul because I think we all know how to kind of eh, tweak the truth a little bit sometimes. This is what Samuel says, or Saul says. It's true that the army spared the best of the sheep, goats, and cattle. In other words, it's true. But, all right, that word right there is probably a, is, is a huge part of all, all, how we manipulate and justify lying, all right? But they're going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. We've destroyed everything else. It's like, no, I said, Samuel said, God said everything. And Saul's like, well, we, we, we save this, we're going to give it to God. Again, it's, it's that sense of sometimes how we can, we justify not telling the full truth because when, when, or doing the full truth. So in this particular case, um, and again, we don't know why Saul, actually we do know from the passage, it said he gave in to the pressure from his men. Because they're probably like, Saul, why do we kill, these, these are... All these animals here, we could save those. And they weren't planning to sacrifice them. We know they weren't. That was an afterthought that Saul said to justify his disobedience. But it's just amazing how people can do those little tweaks of lies, right? So, um, go to the next slide. And this is kind of my, my challenge for today, all right? And I'll tell you where this came from. So, I, so I'm going to challenge all of us to tell the truth. And you might think that seems kind of elementary, but I'm 59, and I think two years ago, 57 years old, I think I, I lied to Kathy about something. I've told her, and it wasn't, it wasn't a huge deal, but it was, it was one of these things where I was managing my image to Kathy. So I'm just saying it's, we're not over that kind of stuff. But um, I have a, one of my mentor um, pastors. It's a guy named Jack Hayford. I, mean, I, I didn't know. I knew him a little bit, but it, it was more of on a a large scale of reading his books and listening to his tapes, but when he was a child, and I thought this was really good, his mother would tell him, when his mother thought he was not telling the truth, she would call him into the kitchen, his name was Jack, and she said, now Jack, I want you to tell me the truth before Jesus. In other words, if Jesus were sitting here, now tell me the truth. So I'm going to tweak that a little bit and just challenge you and me Tell the truth before the Holy Spirit. Because it's, it's easy to tweak the truth if you think it's just me and my wife or me and my professor or whoever, you and your employer or whatever. It's easy if you think, well, I'm, this is not, 
it's not a big deal. I mean, it's not really going to affect everything. I'm just, it's just between me and him. But what Jack Hayford's mom knew, and we all know, and Scripture tells us, is no, no, it's not just me and John. If I'm lying to John, the Holy Spirit's a witness to this is what's happening. And if I'm lying to John, I'm lying to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's in me. He's with me. He's in me. So I'm not, he's not, I can't hide him out of the picture. So if I lie to John, I lie to the Holy Spirit. And, and again, it's with Ananias and Sapphira, they were still generous, but they lied. With Saul, he was still obedient, but not 100%. So it seems like the totality of truth is really important to God, of course. But for some reason, we think if we can get 95% on the truth meter, then God should be at least okay with that. So uh, in this situation with Kathy, she's visiting Mark today, so she's not here because, she's not not here because I was going to tell this story. And I'm telling the truth before the Holy Spirit right now, so if you want to relate to what I said, that way you can know I'm being telling the truth. But I remember it was, it was a number of weeks till I told Kathy, you know, I, I said this, but it was really this and again, it was, you would think it was incidental, and I thought it was incidental in my mind. But, I, but the Holy Spirit would not let me rest because I felt like either I have to live with what I told her. I told her a 98% truth, right? I had to live with that and then eventually be, what's the word I'll use? Calloused to the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit kept saying, you got to tell her. I was like, I did 98%. I did 98. That's good. That's an A in most people's books. But I feel like the Holy Spirit said, no, you, but you, you didn't tell her the truth. All right? And let me add one more thing. I, I've learned this too. You can be, I can be, and you can be. I can speak factually to you in such a way that's not truthful. Right? I can relay the facts of a situation in such a way that I can give the perception that what happened is not really what happened. For example, I, I would often, you know, one time I was late coming home or something like that, later than I told Kathy I would be, and I said, well, the traffic was bad. Well, the traffic was bad at one stoplight where there were two cars in front of me that didn't go fast enough. So that would have made me about 30 seconds late to home. I was 10 minutes late to home. So factually, did I tell her the truth? Yes, traffic was bad. Did I tell her the truth in such a way where she got a perception of reality that was different from what really happened? Yes, that's lying, all right? And I, I, years ago, I worked with somebody, another pastor, years ago, and I actually told this pastor one time, you're really good at that. You're really good at relaying facts to people in such a way that you know they're getting a perception that wasn't really what happened. So I'm just saying, we're really good at that, too. So I'm just, I'm, I'm, check your heart on all those things. So and learn to tell the truth in front of the Holy Spirit. So in my case, I finally, I knew I had to tell Kathy. And again, if I told you, you'd probably think that's kind of silly. No, you wouldn't think it was silly. You would say, why'd you say it that way? And I'd say, well, because I, I wanted to preserve my image to Kathy about a certain situation. So um, I told her, and I just thought, I, and, I, and I said, I know God wants me to tell you this. Because the, if I kept doing it, I would have been lying to the Holy Spirit. Because I would have started believing what I said was true, which is what happens. We get cows to the Holy Spirit, start believing what's not true. We start believing the 98% truth or 99.5% truth. I mean, they think, what's a half percent? It's not a big deal, right? 
It's a, it's a, it's a statistical anomaly or whatever. So, um, like I said, just the fact that, and it seems like it must be a big deal to God. Not seems like it is. I mean, Ananias and Sapphira died. And God's not going to kill us. He wasn't going to kill me for lying to Kathy about him. He wasn't going to kill me for cheating on a test in seminary. But it, it's a heavy thing for God for us to squelch the Holy Spirit like that. Um, Saul got his kingship taken away from him. So we want to be the kind of people like the book of Acts talks about, that they're full of the Holy Spirit. There's power, there's signs and wonders, there's miracles happening. And that wasn't, we know that wasn't just for them. That's the reality of what the Holy Spirit can do. There were there was mass conversions. And uh, I, I, want, I think that this is included in the book of Acts because God wanted people to understand right away, no fudging when there's this much power and when this much power is at stake, no fudging on the truth. Because God can do great things through all of our lives. He can do great things for us individually, great things with us as a congregation. Even though we're a small congregation, God can do incredible things as long as every single pipe is clean. Every single um, receptacle of the Holy Spirit is clean. And anything that's in me or in you is going to keep you from experiencing the power, the mercy, the grace, the forgiveness, the joy, and the peace of the Holy Spirit. Everything. It will, it will cost you everything simply to maintain your image. It did with Ananias and Sapphira. I think the, the lesson there is it costs us everything too. You might not fall over dead, but it's going to cost you all the things that the Holy Spirit wants for you, which is life, joy, peace, patience, generosity, courage, all those things. It's going to cost you. Um, even the smallest thing costs us. So tell the truth before the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit um, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's prodding on those kind of things and um, deal with it quickly because um, we don't want to lie to the Holy Spirit. All right? Let me pray. So God, I, uh, I know these kind of sermons always, to me at least, feel kind of heavy. And um, frankly, I wish, uh, sometimes I wish... These kind of things weren't in the Bible. I wish the Bible was all chicken soup for the soul, but it's not. Um, but God, we, we always know that you want for us deep joy, deep peace, deep courage, kindness, incredible generosity. We, that's, who, that's what you want for us. But you also show us times in Scripture where you warn us for the very things that keep that from happening. Not because you withhold your hand, it's because we resist your hand. So God, will we never ever think of you being anything less than massively generous toward us? Because you are. Massively generous in pouring out peace in our lives. Joy, patience, abundance. Even like Pastor Derek was praying for us, provision. You are massively generous in our lives. May we never doubt that, but may we be the kind of people who even like, the psalmist prayed in Psalm 139, God, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be anything in me that blocks you, any wicked way in me, any offensive way in me, and then lead me in the way everlasting. So, God, your, your desire is that we, we be everlasting kind of people, fullness of our souls, fully alive, fully awake, fully free. 
Um, so God, if there's anything offensive in us, in your gentleness, but in your clarity, will you point that, us to us, point that out to us? Because we don't want anything less than what you promise. We love you. Um, we are grateful for your Holy Spirit. We want more of your Holy Spirit. We want to see more of the manifestations of his power in our lives, through our lives. And we want to see uh, our friends, family, neighbors, loved ones, this community, see Jesus in a way they've never seen him because of the Holy Spirit doing great things inside of us. And we ask this all in your name. Amen.